Our Old Testament reading today is from Psalms 90. You can find that on page 588 in the Bible. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born of you, or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn men back to dust, saying, Return to dust, O sons of man. For thousands, for a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or a watch in the night. You sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. Through the morning it springs up new. By evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. The length of our days is 70 years, or 80, if we have the strength, yet the span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger, for your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, O Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the works of our hands to us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. The epistle reading today is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. You may find that on page 1171. Now, brothers, about times and dates we do not need to write you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brother, are not in darkness, so this day should surprise you. You like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night nor to the darkness. So then let us not be like the others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlling, or controlled, putting the faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are, are doing. Our gospel today is found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. In respect for the gospel, please rise for the reading. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent. 
each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one who had two talents gained two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man, man who had received five talents brought the five other. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been, a faith, been faithful of the few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See here is what, I, what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put the money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned you would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten, the ten talents. For everyone who has will will be given more, and he, he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here I God's grace and God's mercy and God's peace be given to you, and they are, through our Lord and our Savior Jesus. We're going to look at the psalm of the day, Psalm 90. I invite you actually to open up your, your Bible, the Pew Bible, uh, to page 588, uh, Psalm 90, as we work our way through that psalm this morning. In particular, we're looking at the, the first verse, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength and our rock, our redeemer, our home. Amen. Well, let's uh, start out this morning with a little bit of audience participation, okay? I'll, I'll start a sentence, a phrase, and then you fill in with the last word, okay? Come on in. Make yourself at home. It's good to be. Be it ever so humble, there's no place like home. Where's your home? If you ask me, 2492 65th Street, Northeast, Sauk Rapids, Minnesota, 56379. That's my home. Where's your home? 
Here's how Moses would have answered that question. Now keep in mind that Moses spent a, a third of his life wandering in the wilderness. So essentially, Moses, there was no way for him to respond to that question the way I just did by giving an exact physical location of this is where I live. Here's my street address. He didn't have one. But he did have a home. Psalm 90, verse 1, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Or I, I like better the, the Beck translation of this verse. Oh, Lord, you are our home through all the ages. He's your home too. Which makes this statement absolutely wonderfully and true. When God is your dwelling place, there is no place like home. You know, um, as we talk about God being our dwelling place in our home, I can't help but think of and remember some words that are recorded for us of Jesus in John chapter 14. Earlier in the chapter, Jesus is talking to his disciples about their heavenly home and, and about how someday that would be their home. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am. That's going to be quite a home, isn't it? But then Jesus also told his disciples this, indicating that we don't have to wait until we get to heaven and our heavenly home. We don't have to wait to be home with God. God has already made his home with us. Listen to what Jesus said. Whoever loves me will keep my word. My Father will love them. And we will come and make our home with them. God has come to you, hasn't he? To give you a home, a place to dwell. He's come to you in your baptism. He's, he's come to you in his word. He's come to you and he has made his home with you and you with him. It's that personal faith relationship with God that makes him your home. Listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. God is your dwelling place, isn't he? He's your home. And there's no place like home. And he is our home by sheer grace. Moses makes that clear in kind of a strange way, which is why I'd like for you to be, you know, just looking and following along here. By, he compares first God's age to our age. 
And God doesn't have an age, does he? He's from everlasting to everlasting, as Moses wrote, before the mountains were born or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Or as I said in the kids' message, he's older than dirt, isn't he? But by comparison to this eternal, everlasting God, we are mortals. We have a beginning, and we have an end date. And unlike God, who is powerful always, we're so very frail. Moses uses the imagery of grass to paint a picture of how frail we are. We are like the new grass of the morning, though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. Moses also makes this comparison between us and God. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by. And then he also describes us in this way. The length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow for they quickly pass and we fly away. And yet the everlasting God chooses to be in a relationship with us and chooses to live with us and allows us and invites us to move in with him. Like I said, it is an act of sheer grace on his part that someone so different from us would choose to live with us. There's no place like home, is there? Now, when you share a home with someone and live with someone, they really get to know you, don't they? In my expression is warts and all they get to know you. I mean, for a little while, I'll compare it this way. Uh, when Karen and I were dating, I could kind of keep some of my warts hidden. But once we got married and started living under the same roof, after a few days, she began to notice <laughs> some of those warts. She, sooner or later, you find out all about the person, don't they? And sometimes that can put quite a stress on a relationship. A, a good uh, friend of mine, he's now home with the Lord, Jim Poppy, he used to put it this way. After three days, fish and relatives stink. <laughs> so it is with God being our home. He knows all about us. Moses wrote this in Psalm 90. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. He knows all our warts, doesn't he? All too familiar. And yet, he doesn't show us the door. He doesn't kick us out. He doesn't tell us to pack it all up and get out of my sight. Three days, long enough for him to know. Oh, he could 
kick us out. But he doesn't. There's no place like home. His home is there for its unconditional love. You know, once more, I can't help but think of something that Jesus said when he was talking to a group of people who were kind of kind of thinking and saying out loud that God doesn't want anything to do with stinky people, that he doesn't want anything to do with sinners. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. This is from Luke 15, but the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable, and he went on to tell them the parable of the prodigal son. So what did the father do when his wayward, stinking son came home? Did he see him coming and quickly run to his room and move the rest of his belongings out and put them out on the curb and say, no, you're not welcome here anymore. Go find someplace else to live. Or did he welcome him home? But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And in my sanctified imagination, taking that scene and that story that Jesus tells to the end of the day when the party's over and this younger son finally makes it back upstairs to his room and lays down on his bed and puts his head back on his pillow that he can't help but be thinking it is so good to be home. There's no place like home. And the one telling us that story, Jesus, is the very one who makes it possible for us sinners to still be home with God. Moses talks about the fact that the Lord uh, knows our iniquities. He has set them before him. And as I indicated today uh, in our confession and absolution, what God has done is taken those sins from us and he has set them on his son. Isaiah put it this way, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And because he did, we are forgiven of all of our sins, even the ones we've tried to hide. And the writer to the Hebrews takes it one step further, calling Jesus our brother, which is more imagery of family and home, isn't it? Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. And so Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. There's no place like home, is there? You know, when I lived at home, there was one thing my parents made absolutely clear. If there's anything that I truly needed, all I had to do was ask. 
And Karen and I have tried to carry that on too with our children and our grandchildren. If there's anything they need, all they have to do is ask, what is ours is theirs. Make yourself at home. Moses knew and believed that when it came to God being his dwelling place, his home, that God wanted him to know if there was anything that he needed. All he had to do was ask. And so Moses makes himself at home in this psalm, starting with verse 12 through the end of the psalm. One request after another he makes of God. Teach us to number our days. Give us wisdom. Have compassion on us. Satisfy us with your unfailing love. Even in trouble, let us have joy. Show our children your splendor. Establish the work of our hands. May your favor rest upon us. Now, like each of those prayers of Moses is a significant prayer and a good prayer. I just want to focus in on the first one and the last one of his prayers and encourage us to incorporate these prayers into our lives. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, Father, help us to see that each day we're living, we are living with you. You are our home. You are our dwelling place. That we number the days, we count them, and don't take any of them for granted, but see that each day is a blessing because we are home with him. Or as the psalm writer says to acknowledge, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's numbering your days, isn't it? And establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. In other words, Lord, help us to build the places that we call home, 2492 65th Street, Northeast, Sauk Rapids, Minnesota, 56379. What's your address? Lord, help me help you to build that address, the home that is on that address, into a home that serves you and brings honor and glory to you, a home where your unconditional love and grace rules and is the norm for our home. In fact, Lord, please build our homes in that way because it is as David says in Psalm 127 unless the Lord builds the house those who labor labor in vain to that end Lord that we may build our home with you and on you may your favor rest upon us and may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.